2: That's BlueNile.com. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now
0: we've got a fight started here right off
2: the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now.
1: All those stars on the ice, just two goals were scored, just like we all predicted. Presented by Points Back Canada, it's a Thursday edition. least Morning Take, Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. What's up, Rosie? Not too
0: much, my man. Just uh, wondering why they didn't watch three hits yesterday and avoid becoming complacent. We're going to get
1: into the game, and I think we're we're going to disagree on that front. But first and foremost, Jordan Binnington was at it again last night, Rosie, even after his head coach said, can it, dude? Just play goalie. Here he goes again with Marc-Andre Fleury, and credit Marc-Andre Fleury, trying to do the Lord's work, take care of business, and the damn linesman got in the way last night. What was your breakdown <laughs> of this?
0: Dude, the guy's out of control, like – Okay, this is my breakdown of this. If I was playing and he's continually doing that, and the whole league knows, even guys on his own team, his own coach kind of thinks he's a donkey for doing this. And he's getting in there, and he's you can see at the end of the scrum, he's like kind of free. I would just grab that guy, shed him, spin him around, and just pump his fucking eyes shut and just say, You want to play the tough guy? There you go. That's what you get. You're a goddamn goalie, saddle down. I can't believe no one's tuned this guy up yet. Flurry would go in there and try, no doubt. But you know how those goalie fights are with all that gear on, unless it's Hextall Potvin and they barely even have gear on. But someone needs to tune that guy up and just knock him down several pegs because he just flies out there like he's the heavy of the league, man. Like, right there, grab him and tune him. Oh, that would feel good. But I don't know how you don't listen to Chief Craig Berube when he tells you to relax he just keeps going off the off the deep end gets shelled that game and gets a match penalty not a great look but uh fun for us to watch all right
1: it is and the best part about that And I was going back and forth with Blues fans Wild fans on Twitter last night because I tweeted tired act because it is a tired act like I'm so tired of talking about this and it's the most polarizing story right now in the NHL say the last 24 hours but this idea that Ryan Hartman skated into Jordan Bennington to cause his whole melee is ludicrous to me. Like, Bennington sticks out his pad for contact. Let, let, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. It's not like... Like, you'll watch the replay here. It's not like... I, I just can't buy that Hartman went into him trying to hit him, you know?
0: Oh, he spun right out of his crease and into his lane, and the guy kind of, like, jumps over his pad and kind of tries to it's... hop out of the way, but it's a big, huge body right in front of him, and he's in the middle of a celly, like... There's, he just gets touched. He's a hair <laughs> trigger, man. He gets touched. He wants to go off the deep end. Look at him. And then just a flying blocker. Do you know what, like with that big stick and that blunt edge or that skinny end of that big blunt stick is just yeah. not, does not feel good. I mean, he's going to, you can't block her guys anymore with those big hockey or those big goalie sticks. Can you like, and that was not just an easy little shot. He came flying in there while five guys are celebrating yeah. Oh, I would love to grab it, him it, and feed him his lunch, man. It would feel so good. I can't believe no one has yet.
1: His, Rose, his you fucking want a telltale team... sign? You want a telltale yeah. sign of how his how his teammates feel about it? Zone in on Justin Falk right after Hartman collides with Bennington's pad. He does, like, the peel around. You know, like, we laughed about Mitch Marner doing that, like, two months ago. Watch, watch, watch. <laughs> he does, like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to get you? No, I'm skating away. Dude, that, that yeah. is a telltale sign that nobody really gave a shit. on the St. Louis Blues about that but man like it's getting tired I know everybody's going back and forth on social media good for Biddington we need that personality in a game I don't disagree but back it up he to me he screams at that guy who's going to hide behind the ref every team has that player we all know it whether it's Beer League the National League he's hiding behind the refs man he's like Mr. Big Tough Guy and when the lights shine down he just can't do it
0: I think in fairness to him, he's trying to get away from that linesman. Like, man, let the guy okay, go. I mean, Flurry came all the way across, and it was just a five-four game at the time. But I yeah, guess man. there's not a lot of time left. Well, it's the second period. Man, that's
1: crazy. And then he's doing like he's doing like the Hulk Hogan. Like he's firing the crowd up. It's like, dude, you've let like 17 goals in today. Like, I just <laughs> I, I do not understand this this whole thing from Bennington. Now he's Mr. Macho Man, tough guy. Like, make a save. You're a goalie. They let- pay you to make a save. Was he like that back in their run to the cup and everything? Like I no, didn't I didn't know no. him to be this
0: aggressive of a guy and now he's just like out of just out of the it's ordinary yeah. aggressive yeah. and everything else. I would love a player like I wish the linesmen let him go so they could have a scrap. You know it would be a hold on fest with all that gear most likely. But if some guy just grabbed him when he's doing that and just started feeding him uppies and put him in his place would be just hilarious. I want that more than anything. But to be honest, I think it's hilarious. I like watching it. It's exciting. It's ridiculous.
1: And it's interesting as hell. Like, why is this guy doing this? What does he get out of it, I wonder? Just let him dance. Let him dance. And number two, I'd love to know what his teammates truly feel about the situation. Anyways, remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out, and don't forget to visit the leafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs at the Leafs Nation 401. We're live right now at the Leafs Nation 401. If you, uh, you're listening right now via podcast form or watching here on YouTube and haven't subscribed just yet at the Leafs Nation 401, you'll see our interviews up there, our shorts, our clips. Anything you want from this show at the Leafs Nation 401 Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, those are coming up in about 20 minutes or so. We'll address them in the points bet wrap-up. But coming up in 10 from now, maybe even less than that, Jackie Redman of the NHL Network, TNT, and WWE, a big-time Leafs fan. But for now, let's get over the boards. Rosie, I won't lie, man. Uh, I I really, really liked that game, which is weird to say because it was so boring, so bogged down, a 2-1 shootout loss. But I I love the boring nature of that game. That's exactly what this team needed. I know they lost the game, but they stuck right there with the defending Stanley Cup champions. What was your take?
0: I thought it was a boring game, I just not just because it was low scoring, but just, you know, you wanted some fireworks, some passion, some stuff to go on. Two big teams going at it. Uh, seemed like they're a little out of gas and yeah, defensive effort for sure. I feel like the Leafs didn't really capitalize on their chances as much as they could have. The game could have gone the other way for sure. But uh, you know it's nice to see the defense. It's nice to see you know they keep it to the outside and they're not they're not letting them penetrate. That's good playoff stuff. But you with the firepower on your forward side, you gotta you gotta try to put something up there against that team. I think they were it was a winnable game for them. And I mean the big the big uh, you know shining light of the whole evening to me was Ilya Samsonov. Just he looks yeah. poised, man. Like you know how you see a guy come down on a rush and and the goalie's kind of like. Tense or hesitant or which way is he going? And then the goalies that are on top of things like, you know, you watch Boston's game and Tampa's games and stuff, and their goaltenders are just, they're, they're big and they're poised and they're in position and they're not scrambling and they're not worried. You can just see it in their, in their movements. And Ilya looked exactly that way. Last night, he seemed to be in position in the zone and, you know, turns away almost 97% of the shots his way. You're going to give your team a chance to win every time with that. And he did. And, you know, like I said before, he's my pick to start the playoffs if they started right now.
1: So let me ask you this question. Should Ilya Samsonov's home record be factored into the decision-making process when trying to figure out who gets the game one nod, assuming the Leafs get home ice advantage here? Yeah, for sure. I mean,
0: everything's going to be taken. Why would you have something that's valuable that you don't take into account when making a huge decision? I mean, you're even taking into account the experience level in the playoffs of Matt Murray. I mean, that's going to hold, that's going to be a factor. That's a factor with how much you get paid. It's a factor of what your contract looks like. It's your factor of who wants you on your team. It's huge. Some guys get hired not necessarily goaltenders but players just based on their their experience factor and what they can bring to the locker room and it's you know you're going to look at that with goaltenders and with Ilya Samsonov having such a good home record if they get home ice of course you're going to look at that man and I, I just think the biggest thing is who's playing right now who has the highest confidence who's got their game figured out who's on top of their stuff right now at the word go, when you're playing tomorrow, you're going to go with that guy and you're going to factor in all those different things into your decision making.
1: I loved how boring that game was. I, I will not lie on that front. Uh, the fact that both teams put on sort of a defensive clinic, uh, especially Colorado, especially all the injuries that team has and uh, all uh, everything that Georgiev is dealing with. I mean, it's always, always fascinating from that front. The other big story to me was, was Morgan Riley, his first goal in 13 games i thought see, he had some pep to his step right like that's been the big story with morgan rally is the jets they've been gone is, is he ready to turn a corner here rosie
0: i hope so i mean he's kind of just been vanilla all year is kind of the word i would use to describe his game it it hasn't been horrendous but it hasn't been fantastic i mean he's a good puck mover and he can get in on some plays and whatnot he hasn't had any fireworks or anything as far as you know, his offensive ability, but he can move the puck up and get some assists. And, you know, he got the monkey off his back a little while ago with uh, getting his first goal. And, you know, he stepped in there yesterday and got another one. And like I said yesterday, you know, you, you want to keep those wheels going and you want to have a train that's just building momentum into the playoffs. And if he's uh, if he's finding his game and starting to look poised, then it's uh, it's going to be a good thing for the team, obviously. We can hear Alex yeah, definitely. in the background.
1: Yeah, we can. It's not on air, Rosie. Don't worry about it. It's in. It's it's in. It's in the background here. But uh, so one goal in thirteen games here for Morgan Riley, and I think that's certainly, Rosie. You know the big picture story out of this whole thing, right? Because he struggled so much, but defensively and offensively, I thought it looked more like Morgan Riley last night. A, it's good news because it was Colorado, and B, just in general with this team, they're going nowhere. They're going absolutely nowhere if Morgan Riley can't find his game, right?
0: yeah i mean he's a big piece here. at least he can be a big piece he's a he's a high pick he's a high talent he's got tons of potential and he just hasn't quite had his game like i said he's looking kind of vanilla this year but if if he's able to find that confidence and start snapping it around and and be a little more poised with the puck it's only going to benefit this team it's only going to benefit that blue line it's only going to benefit the power play everything about him finding his game and, and turning on the jets at this time of year is is just huge for the franchise for sure
1: So having said that, as you mentioned, we do have uh, today's guest and we're going to bring her in right now from the NHL Network, WWE and uh, TNT. She has like 17 different titles. It's front of the program, Jackie Redman. What's up, Jackie?
3: What's up, guys? Excited to be here. Last time Jay wasn't here, so I'm, I'm more excited this time.
1: I know well, I missed out thing. on you uh,
0: last time. I was disappointed, but <laughs> I'm surprised we could fit you in with your schedule. My god, you're like East Coast, West Coast, every different outfit in the world. You're uh I bet you barely sleep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely uh, don't have trouble staying busy, that's for sure. Uh, I am, I am like, planted in Jersey for a few weeks here. I was originally supposed to do the TNT game last night in St. Louis, and when I saw what happened, I was so bummed that I wasn't yeah. there to almost see Flurry and Bennington fight. Like, this is going to be the bout that got away, you know? Like, I will always wonder, like, what would that have been if they had actually thrown hands? Anyways.
1: It could, have, it could have been like Patrick Waugh and Osgood, something like that. But we were talking about that off the top of the show, like Jordan Bennington, where are you at with this act, with this conversation? Obviously it's the biggest story today. You're going to talk about it on NHL network later today as well.
3: Well, here's the thing. Let me preface this by saying I'm an emotional person. Like I lead with my emotions. So I understand sort of the, the way that Jordan Bennington kind of like he cares, right. And he's passionate. And I think, he channels that energy in maybe not the most uh, productive or conducive way to like helping his team, but I do like understand where it comes from. I know Bennington is in like his villain era, and people are fed up with him, and I totally understand why. But I do think at the heart of it is a, is is kind of a guy that just hasn't figured out necessarily how to how to maybe channel his emotions a little bit better how's that for a political politically correct answer but I still wanted to see I wanted to see Marc-Andre Fleury get his hands on him are you kidding I think it would have been great I know
0: I wish that it would have happened too my only worry is that yeah he is in his villain era and Fleury is beloved by just about everybody what happens if they actually got loose went at it and Binghamton tuned him up it would be such an awful look and I think it would only launch him into the stratosphere of villainism at this point in time and someone would have to take care of that down the road. It would only give us something to to be excited for again down the road.
3: The hockey universe would have been devastated to see the, to see the flower go down to Jordan Bennington. Like that would have been like a heart crushing loss <laughs> to see him lose to Bennington because I think he's probably the most like liked guy in the league. I would say. Um, but silver lining to that is like oh if like if Flurry got dinged up a little bit, then the Minnesota Wild would rightfully start Philip Gustafson in Game One of their series. But I won't go down that road on how I feel about that.
1: Ooh, I like that spicy take. And that's why we got you on the show. And since you're going down that road, we'll uh, shift the focus to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who is your guy right now? Notwithstanding what we saw last night. Obviously, Ilya Samsonov was tremendous. But if you were Sheldon Keefe and company, who are you starting game one against Tampa?
3: Samsonov. And I'm not even, it's not even a hard decision for me. And that's not to disrespect Matt Murray and what he's done in his career. And you know, I've talked to some of the guys at the network, like Mike Rupp, for example, and he's like, well, like Murray's won a couple cups. Like he's been in these high pressure situations. Like there is a tendency for that to come into play when you're making a decision like that. And I think we saw that in Minnesota last year with Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury. They went with Fleury because he has the pedigree. He's won a cup. He's, he's done the damn thing, um, as they say. And it didn't work out for them. I think in this situation, Samsonov has been more consistent from front to back this season. He's unbelievable at home. I think he's earned it. And m- mostly, and I said this last year in the Flurry Talbot situation, and I would say it in the Gustafson Flurry situation as well, is that if you start Samsonov and things don't go well, I think it's easier to pivot from Samsonov to Murray who has dealt with high pressure, who has been in that situation, who's been around longer, has more experience than it is to start Murray, things go wrong, and now you're like, oh, Sam you. I know you've never won a playoff series, but can you save us? Like, I just think it's about the pivot. And I think when you set yourself up with, A, the guy that's earned it, but the guy that's been better, but also the guy that's maybe a little less experienced if things go well, amazing. If they don't, you're turning to somebody that's not going to, um, Be overwhelmed by the position that they're in with the team down 2 nothing or 3-1 or whatever it might be. And I think we saw that with the Caps when they won the Cup, right? Like, Braden Holpe didn't start game one. He finished it, but he didn't start. And, and he was ready when they needed him.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. It's easier to go from Samsonov to Murray than Murray to Samsonov. If you start with Murray just because he's got the experience level, it's a, it's a tougher look, and then you're putting all the weight of the world on the shoulders of a guy who doesn't have the experience, which is more difficult for sure. And let's not forget about yeah. where Murray got his experience from. He was the guy who was unproven, who went into the playoffs and went and good got point. the job done. It's not like it's impossible to happen. You put you put uh, Samsonov in there and he's playing the hot hand right now. You'd be crazy not to. Maybe he takes you the distance and he's, he's your guy going forward. And then you got your reserve tank of a guy with all the experience back there. It, it makes the most sense to me, especially when, when Samsonov is playing as well as he is right now.
3: Yeah, I think too, like, we're kidding ourselves if we think we're not going to see both of these goalies in the playoffs for the Leafs. It's like, if they don't get out of the first round, maybe we'll only see one. But I think if they do get out of the first round, and I feel good about that for the Leafs this year for some reason, then I think we're probably going to end up seeing them both, anyways, if they plan on going on a long run because they just are in more of a a tandem situation and they're going to be going up against beasts in the crease, um, if they're gonna advance, right? I mean, you've got like Allmark waiting, um, Shesterkin probably, maybe a Freddie Anderson who's got his own things to prove. But like I just think you look at the goalies in the East and there's a lot of high at Sorokin if the Islanders surprise, like there's a lot of good goalies the Leafs are gonna go up against. And for that reason I think they're probably gonna have to lean on both guys anyways.
1: You forgot about Goliath, Andre Vasilevsky, who to me yeah. that has to be the biggest. Well, story, listen, I'm I'm, I'm
3: just already booking the leafs into round two. Don't worry it's <laughs> fantasy booking. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, it's like you work in wrestling or something and it's not scripted. Uh are <laughs> feeling, Jackie. Uh you talked about this feeling. You're manifesting this feeling. Why does this year feel any different for you?
3: You know, I kind of like hate myself for it because last year I was uber high on the Leafs. Like I thought the Leafs were going to beat Tampa last year. I thought they played really well, save for game four. I actually, I said this, I'm not just like, this isn't like me pumping my own tires, but after game four, where they were in Tampa up to one in the series and they blew it. And I mean, blew it, like got blown out. I think that was the game that ended up seven, three mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was like series over because now it's going to go seven and Tampa's just done it before. Um, So I thought the Leafs could have beat them last year. I think the Leafs are way better of a team this year than they were last year. Um, So I just feel good about it. And I think Tampa too, I know this is sort of a tired narrative, but this is the fourth year that they're trying to go on a deep run. And I just think over time with a goalie that plays as much as Andre Vasilevsky plays, like I just think there's going to be moments in the series where they don't, they just can't find that extra gear. And I think the Leafs are in a position this year to actually take advantage of that, especially with Ryan O'Reilly back in the lineup when they, when they're deeper up front and they have guys that can, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think they're going to be able to pass off better shifts this year in a seven game series. And over time, I think that they're going to be more competitive against Tampa and they could have beat Tampa last year. So um, I just, I just think the Leafs are it's time. It's time. Like they are going to win in the first round. I don't know if they're going to go deep. I I don't see them winning a Stanley Cup, but I do think they'll get out of the first round.
0: Yeah, I agree that's uh well said, especially with um you know how was deep they are this year. Was I making sense there
3: because I felt like I was rambling. No,
0: Jay. not I at felt all. Like I, I, was I like rambling. the way that like I think the Leafs are a better team this year than they were last year, and I think Tampa's not as good as they were last year, and we're much deeper, especially on the back end and in goaltending position, which is what has cost us in the past. So all signs point to them getting it done, considering they're a goal away last year. My question is, with you getting to different markets and doing what you do and traveling so much Mm -hmm. and seeing a lot of different fan bases and interacting – with everybody what's your take on the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base in general and their general attitude towards their team do you notice a difference that stands out with them
3: um I would say I mean I think that the Leafs fan base somewhat lives up to its reputation I think that we are and I include myself in this and I have no shame about that I think that we are a dramatic fan base I think that we live and die by every single thing that goes right or wrong, no matter how small or big it is. Um, But but I think it's because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And other fans of other teams hate the Leafs because everyone knows that the Leafs are the most popular team in the NHL. And you can't argue it. Like, they just are. And so I think um, the fan base is it does live up i guess to their stereotypical reputation but i see it as a good thing like i would rather have that for my team than a team whose fans don't care or only care whether when they're winning like yeah. the leafs fan base is so dramatic that every year for the last six years they've been like i am done i'm not watching anymore and like game one they're like what's wrong with austin matthews And I'm like i thought you weren't like my sister said this to me last year and i was like marcy <laughs> settle down you will be dialed in game one with all your opinions on the Leafs. so i don't want to hear that you're not watching but I just think it's, it's the most passionate fan base in the league, and as much as it's dramatic and there's been a lot of heartbreak and failure, I just think the fact that the Leafs are still as popular as they are and still selling out and still remain top tier in terms of, of fans Tells you everything that you need to know about the fan base or loyal. I mean, come on. This is like a long term relationship for most people that has just been like, like betrayal after betrayal. And like, you're still there. Like, I know you're still the one. Like, I know that we're going to reach the mountaintop and I'm going to stick it out with you. Um, So, yeah, I think Leafs fans are great. And I think too, like, other fan bases being around, you know, Rangers fans are super passionate. Penguins fans are super passionate. Um, Hurricanes fans are like underrated in terms of their passion for their team. I just think for Leafs fans, we have that uh, we have that history, as complicated as it might be.
1: Yeah, it's very complicated. Uh, also a very sensitive fan base. I guess I made the mistake a couple months back of tweeting Austin Matthews in a Coyotes jersey and I got some publicity on social media and some pissed off people, but whatever. Uh, Matthew Nye, no, speaking Pittsburgh of which... No, Pittsburgh
3: fans are sensitive. They're going to come yeah? for me for this, but Penns fans, oh my God. You guys have won so much in the last 20 years. Relax. <laughs> what Relax. happened? Relax. They just... <gasps> You don't talk about us enough. We don't get our flowers. Oh, my gosh, Uh, you guys. We we don't get enough attention. I'm like, the penguins don't get enough attention? That garbage out of here. It's nonsense. It's nonsense.
1: Every fan base can make that excuse, right, Jackie? But uh, you're the best. Uh, Appreciate the time. I know you have a very, very busy schedule. Thanks so much for doing this, and we'll talk soon, okay?
3: Hey, thanks for having me. And before I go, I wanted to make sure I said this on your actual show. When I first started at The Score... I was like terrified to go to Leafs practice. And the great and worst thing about the score is that like they'll let anyone do anything. They're just like, oh, you want to go do a story on Leafs? <laughs> Good luck, kid. And you're like, wait, like who's coming with me? Who's how? And they're like, nobody's coming with you. Just go, here's a camera guy, go do it. And I remember going there, it was my first year in sports And Jay, you were so nice to me and so welcoming. I was like literally just like standing in the room, didn't know what was allowed, what I was like was a child basically, afraid to even move. And you gave me an interview, you were like, what do you need? I was like, you're like, you're new, what do you need? And I talked to you and I'll never forget that. So thank you for being one of the good ones. I wanted to make sure I said that on the show.
0: Uh, yeah, i remember those mornings where there is about 50 or 60 media personnel and i can't even get to my stall so i just stand there and wait around and look around for a friendly face and probably just was waiting to get to my there stall, I in the I'm corner
3: sure. afraid to be a part of the crowd like afraid of them i was afraid of the media i'm not joking i was like i like don't know like where i'm allowed to be and like i don't want to like piss anyone off anyways i'm sorry to interrupt look you, at
0: you I'm now sorry. girl
1: <laughs> i know i know look at you now like a decade later just killing it
3: hey same to you guys i love being on the show so thanks for having me
1: anytime thanks, take jackie. care jackie bye the one and only uh jackie Redmond and the good samaritan jay rosell how about that because i could only wonder what an interview with you would be like uh back in your playing days i told you i'm <laughs> a nice guy jeez
0: yeah i, there I and haven't help seen that side of you out, yet. Hey?
1: I haven't seen that side of you yet. (laughs) No, that's great. Jackie's the best. Uh, She, she, I have never seen somebody work as hard as she does. Honestly, she's everywhere. Great to party with her a couple of times as well. Saw her all-star weekend in in Sunrise, went out in New York. Uh, Great time and uh, always great of Jackie to make some time for us here on Leafs Morning Take. Uh, Getting set as well for a busy weekend. I think we noted the other day, but we'll say it again. Uh, We're not doing a show tomorrow. So the next show we do will be on Monday. Back to back this week. Another one of those. Uh, Carolina coming into town to wrap up the four-game homestand tomorrow night. And the uh, the Ottawa Senators visiting the Ottawa Senators who are about to be sold, I would say, in the next month, month and a half here.
0: Yeah, is that going to uh, Ryan Reynolds or what's the deal? He just sold his mobile company for like 1.3 bill. I imagine he's got a couple shekels burning a hole in that pocket. That'd be neat if he
1: got involved in that. Yeah, that's, that's the fascinating part to me is like the Ottawa Senators and, and that point of view and, and sort of the cloud it brings to that organization. That's coming up on Saturday. If you do recall the last two times or the last time these two teams got together, we were there January 27th, uh, that mockery of a game where uh, Matt Murray is supposed to start I show up and he's wearing a ball cap on the bench. So I have vivid memory of that game. I know I piled about 72 drinks that night in the alumni box, but I still remember that vividly.
0: Yeah, maybe you'll get to watch this game instead of uh taking selfies and putting filters on your pictures all night. Hopefully you'll get
1: a little better sense of what happened on the ice. It's funny you say that cuz on Saturday as I referenced on the show the other day, I was in the uh I was in a suite at Scotiabank Arena for the Leafs and Oilers game. I must have watched about 5 minutes of game. Like I could not <laughs> care about the game. I cared more about the steak and the drinks. Like there's just too much going on around me, the the conversations to be had, who cares about the actual hockey?
0: Yeah, when you're in a box, you tend not to watch as much. There's distractions. Oh. You're standing up and moving around. Where when you're plunked in a you seat, saw there's me nothing buzzing too around. To watch. No, you were buzzing yeah, hard. You, s- you were buzzing
1: all right. Oh yeah, I <laughs> was everywhere. We got we got uh, we got Ty Rosell chatting up Wendell Clark like everything was happening that night, man. <laughs> he was trying to get some of his cattle out of
0: Saskatchewan. A couple of country boys talking in the box there. <laughs>
1: Shit. We, we look around and like next thing you know, like like. Like Jay's brother was with us. Next thing you know, we turn around. He's talking to Wendell Clark. I'm like, when did this happen? And then we walk up. Like, it was a whole ordeal. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. They were talking about Dodge and Chevy diesel trucks. And I was (laughs) was like, oh, God, it's like he's
1: right at the freaking back home again. Two beauties, though. Oh, man. Yeah. Two absolute beauties for sure. Let's take a look at the points bet wrap up now. And the chat's been hot. A lot of fans of Jackie, of course. And Jackie doing great things for WWE. As Sean. Alluded to WrestleMania, I believe, is uh, two, three weeks away. I'm sure Jackie will be there. Uh, Colton writes in, awesome segment with Jackie. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, some 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 love as well for Renee Paquette, who's also Canadian, works in wrestling as well, and Jackie. Um, and, and also, you know, some people questioning the time on ice, playing Marner a lot last night. Um people thinking Morgan Riley looks solid like those are my two major takeaways from that shootout loss to Colorado Rosie again alias Samsonov that's a great story I thought he was fantastic 28 saves his first appearance in like what eight days and the other one was like Morgan Riley and and maybe it's because he watched our little segment the other day about the potential of moving him up front <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. potentially man what I noticed yeah. is during that shootout I expected more from the shootout out of like you know no this is what they the do world. man. They have that the most skilled weak. players
1: in the world. Put a rate of their fucking chest, man. That's what they do. That is very Leafs, man. It was so like expected. Austin, I knew they were not winning that game.
0: Austin comes in from the right side, does a little stick handle, and then just goes to the far side that's not even open and then loses the puck off his heel. It's like, dude, you had all the time in the world and the best hands I've ever seen. I could throw out a better shootout move than that, and I got Rosie, nothing to work Rosie. with. He does that shit in a fucking in a phone booth with guys all over him, and he can pull stuff off. It's a lot
1: better than that. This guy is a top five shot in the league. Shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. Yeah. Like these guys make it, they make it too complex that it needs to be. And maybe it's a skills competition. Maybe it's the crowd. Let's do this. Let's do that. The Michigan's a story. The between the like, just keep it simple. Like you're Austin Matthews, and there's maybe like one goalie in this league who can routinely stop you, and his name is Andre Vasilevsky. Just shoot the puck. Like, like that guy's got a missile. Like they, Guys are so – and this is in any league, you know, wherever you play. Like, you, you over-amplify it, over-stick handle. Marner always skates right into the goalie with his dekes. Uh Same same way with Nylander. Like, I, I think just use your skill set. It's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, he tried to T.J. Oshi it a little bit, went too far, and then Austin Matthews looks a little lackadaisical in his play. I mean, it's easy for us to say, but when they go in half-hearted and just do one little shoulder drop and, and bury, yeah. it looks disgusting, like, oh my God, he's too uh-huh. good for this league, but when it doesn't work, it's like, what was that? You know so it's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword, but would have been nice if that skill set could have put together uh, you know a little better or something in the, uh, in the shootout, but hell, it's one point, whatever.
1: I tell you, you know, I, I I've covered this team the last couple of years. I, I tell you, Matthews is a fraction second late on everything this year, man. It's just not going his way. Like even that two on one with John Tavares, nine out of ten times he buries that. Again, I watched his sixty goal season in seventy three games. Everything he shot went in, and he's about he's had about five or six of those in the last three or four games alone that are stopping. You know, the hitting the knob, hitting the chest. Like it, it, he's just not getting any puck luck this year. Like it's crazy to me
0: yeah timing is probably the right word for it it seems like his timing's a little off he just kind of hits hits that spot where it's not quite a hole that's open anymore um he gets in there and loads it up and it takes a half a second it was a little bit off when he walked onto the puck and little things like that it just seems like he can't quite get that shot off without a stick in the lane and it's kind of been biting him a little bit but he's been coming on lately i think uh he had three and three before last night and uh, had a chance. And he's, again, he's starting to roll. And him and Riley, things are starting to click. And mm-hmm. you throw uh, you throw Ryan O'Reilly back in the mix here, hopefully he can get three, four, five games in before that date. And uh, we'll see if this train can start rolling because they need to do it against Tampa.
1: I don't know if you saw this tweet just before we came on air, uh, but it was courtesy, I believe, somebody who covers the Islanders or somebody Long Island-based. It is an absolute shame Pierre Engvall was toiling away in Toronto for so many years. He's finally unleashed, and it's quite something. The dude had a multi-point effort yesterday, Rosie. I watched that game. Him and Sandine just going to Rip City. They're out of the big market. They don't got to deal with fucking media members anymore. Look at Sandine's. It's hilarious to me. Sandine was a dash three last night, producer Alex. I know producer Alex trying to cause a storm here and talk about Rasmus Sandine. He was a dash three last night in a game that mattered the most against the Buffalo Sabres. I know Washington won that game, but. Remember that.
0: There is something to be said, man. When guys leave this market, they flourish, and guys flourish before they come to this market, and then it becomes difficult. And I've said since day one of this show, man, it is hard to play in Toronto. Call it Mm -hmm. psychosomatic or a mental block or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's difficult to produce in the big smoke.
1: It is, uh, but we know Pierre Engval is going to be a 40-goal scorer in the NHL in, say, the next three years. Uh, You can go to... Go to the bank with that, Rosie. But uh, we'll leave it at that. Again, no show tomorrow. So a lot to recap coming up on Monday. And you won't be here. So we'll have three hits with Rosie. Uh, Coming off a a busy weekend for both of us. Also, the game on Friday. The game on Saturday. We'll set up another busy slate for the Leafs next week as well. Because, again, we're inching closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Next time we get together, I believe there'll be, what, 13 games remaining in the regular season. Which is great to see. Because I'm so tired of these regular season games. So excellent job today, Rosie.
0: Right on, man. Yeah. We'll take an extended weekend and I'll see you on Monday.
1: So that's the one and only Jay Rose. So many thanks to producer Alex and also our feature presentation, the one and only the lovely Jackie Redmond, for dropping by. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Appreciate it. Thanks for watching and take care. Have a good weekend.